everyone, Alan Doherty here with another episode of Preventive Health and Safety. So glad you could be here. Today's going to be a special episode with something that I feel like is very, very important. And hopefully you'll be able to get something from it. Now you're going to say, Alan, you say that every week. <laughs> but this week is super, super important. And I think you'll know why once we get into it. Our topic today is wake-up call. Uh, wake-up calls are, are different things that maybe arouse our attention to something in our life, in our lifestyle that may need some changing or adjusting. In a medical field, we have something called near misses. Now, what's a near miss? A near miss is when something almost happens that's bad. In other words, it's a, just a hair away from uh, an incident report or uh, an adverse event, we call them. But they don't really happen, but it was close. So we use those near misses after we document and we examine what happened, how it happened, and how it can be prevented from even getting that close to happening again. So wake-up calls are sort of like that. I was reading an article in Psychology Today that talks about wake-up calls, and it's basically saying that that something inside of us, some people call it a soul, some people call it a conscious, some people call it that inner man, whatever you want to call it, there's something inside of us that begins to warn us about things that that need some attention okay so it could be a medical symptom it could be an experience that we're having that we're going to continue to have unless we make a change and we'll go through some examples here in a minute but basically it starts off as a small voice then it gets louder then it gets ruder and it starts pushing you up against the wall i mean pretty soon it just becomes a drastic wake-up call that you need to heed or you're going to be in serious trouble. And so that's basically kind of what they, they've identified a wake-up call as. And there's a lot of different things we could talk about. And I just want to show you a few. And then I want you to think of some areas in your life that perhaps you're getting some wake-up calls, but you're ignoring them. And that can be very, very dangerous to your health and well-being. Did you know that uh, we have so many DUIs in our country every year? I mean, it's just, I mean, daily. Think about that. I mean, just all the time. So you get arrested for a DUI. What would you think? Wouldn't you think that would be a wake-up call to you that you shouldn't be drinking and driving? It, to me, it's common sense. But do you know that 29%, 29%, almost a third, of the people who are arrested for a DUI are repeat offenders. That, that to me is an astronomical statistic. I would think that if I had gotten pulled over by a police officer and embarrassed and, and then really, I mean, all the things you go through when you get a DUI, I mean, it just, it could really ruin your job, your reputation. Uh, there's just a lot of things that can be very damaging when you get a DUI, but then to give it again just doesn't make sense to me. It should be a wake-up call. You know, every day about 37 people in the United States die in an accident caused by a drunk driver or a driver under the influence. 37 people a day. That's about one person every 39 minutes. One person every 39 minutes dies because someone's driving under the influence of alcohol, an accident occurs, and a fatality takes place. 
Now that's that's very very sad. And then we have these wake up calls. They get ignored and people die. See what I'm talking about? A wake up call, something to motivate you and stimulate you to take the action you need to make your life better now than what it was before. Now think about this. In 2021, 134, almost 135,000 people in the United States died from lung cancer. All right, so there, there's a statistic for you. Now here's an even worse statistic. Almost two-thirds of the population that we were just talking about, the people that have been diagnosed with lung cancer, almost two-thirds of them continue to keep smoking after they've been diagnosed and oftentimes after they started treatment. See, to me, if I was diagnosed with cancer, and I'm not using me for an example because I'm not a perfect person, obviously, if you knew my health history, but I'm not a perfect person, but I'm just thinking in my own mind, and maybe you are too, that if I was diagnosed with something that had the potential to kill me, and I know that most likely it was due to the fact that I was smoking, what was the first thing you'd do? You'd throw the cigarettes away and stop smoking. But almost two-thirds of the people are so addicted to cigarettes that even after they have that cancer diagnosis, they still keep smoking. Even though most likely cancer was caused by their smoking of cigarettes. When you smoke cigarettes, 90% of the people that get lung cancer in the United States can be attributed to smoking cigarettes. So when you think about that, you think about the wake-up call. I think about other wake-up calls with with this but kind of the same thing. Did you ever see the commercial on TV where the lady's using a, an electronic voice box and holding it up to her throat and making talking and, and talking about what her routine is for the day? She probably weighs about 45 pounds. She's emaciated. She's sickly looking, and obviously she's battling cancer. And she smoked all her life. And she admits that. She said, this is a result of my smoking. And people see that commercial, but they continue to smoke. You get pulled over for a DUI and you continue to drink. So what am I saying? I'm saying that, I'll tell you what, <laughs> people don't recognize these wake-up calls and it can be too late. Think about this now. 41.3% of people that have heart attacks have some warning signs up to a month before it takes place. So people come in the emergency room, they're having a heart attack, whatever needs to be done to help them make it through that heart attack and and the rehabilitation, and they start talking to them. Did you have any symptoms? Was anything going on? What was, you know, oh yes, I was having a little tightness in my chest. At times I had some trouble walking upstairs. I got shorter breath all the time. And of course, you know, the average person today in America is overweight, They're not as active as they should be. So you put all those things together and it's kind of like a, you know, it's time to get this checked out and a wake up call. Well, a wake up call would say, hey, it's time to go get your heart checked out. It's not normal for you to be huffing and puffing 
after you get up a flight of stairs. It's not normal for you to no longer be able to do anywhere near the activity that you used to do without feeling tired and exhausted. Chest pain is not normal. Shortness of breath isn't normal. Any type of feeling of burning in your chest and, and things like that, that's just not normal. You need to get that checked out. Those are what we call wake-up calls. Hey, you, you, you're going to have a heart attack here if you don't take some time, identify these symptoms as something that your body has produced. And sometimes that's the way to look at symptoms, isn't it? A lot of people would never go to the doctor if something wasn't wrong with them. When we say something was wrong with them, we mean they have a symptom. All right? So, you know, bang, what are you here for? Well, my knee hurts. That's a symptom. Why are you here? Uh, you know, I have this horrible cough. Why are you here? I've been having severe headaches. Those symptoms are wake-up calls. They're saying, hey, there's something wrong here in the body. It's not normal. It's not natural for this to happen. You need to get it checked out. That's what a wake-up call is. Uh, we're talking about different wake-up calls. The Walker Center, who is a group that really, really helps people overcome drug addiction, and they help people rehabilitate, and they also are really good at creating awareness about addiction. Now, addiction to drugs, as you know, like alcohol, and alcohol is probably the biggest drug we have in America, but we have so many other ones, and they're a lot more far, a lot more dangerous than, than alcohol is. Uh, you know, we have a horrible fentanyl problem. We've got opioid just all over the place, and it's sad. But the addiction problem is this, that a person who is abusing drugs, and most of you probably know this, you know, they start off, they may have something like a little wake-up call, maybe a blackout spell. Uh, maybe they just have a horrible hangover. Maybe they just lost memory of the events that took place during the time that they were using. And it, gradually, though, in order for them to experience the same type of euphoric moment, they have to take more. And then they take more, and then they take more, and they become more resistant and tolerant. And the next thing you know, they're way down the road. And a wake-up call is quite severe. A wake-up call is getting to the emergency room just in time to have Narcan administered and you're still alive. I mean, and, and you know what the problem is? This happens over and over again with people addicted to drugs. Now they're giving out Narcan and they're there, I mean, almost all over the place, Narcan, it's a standard issue item in ambulances and, and rescue vehicles because of the fact that we have such a problem with opioid addiction. What There ought to be a wake-up call. There ought to be something to say, hey, I almost died. I really better take this seriously. It could be almost anything. And that's why I just wanted to give you a few examples. But I want, to think, I want you to think in your own mind. You know, what are some of the things that you may be thinking? You know what? How many suicides take place every year? Thousands. How many people start to notice some things about their life that, that need attention in the mental health area? Maybe they're experiencing a little bit of depression or hopelessness. Perhaps they're not enjoying life like they used to. They're fatigued all the time. They're tired. They have no ambition. They have 
no desire. They don't want to do anything or be around anybody. They're, they're isolated. The, the solitary lifestyle they develop now is, is really even causing more depression. And when those things start to come, it's time to get checked. Don't wait until you get to the place where you try to commit suicide. And so many people do. And a lot of times they fail. And that's a wonderful thing. And that in itself should be a serious wake-up call. Same thing with stress. Stress. I mean, we're living in a society today where people are really trying to work their way up in the corporate ladder. They're trying to make a financial gain so that they can provide for themselves and their families. And it's just so stressful anymore. There's just so many things that, boy, I'll tell you what, just driving down the road, listening to the news can be quite stressful. Listen to all this bickering and arguing going on between Republicans and the Democrats and what's going on over in Israel and what's happening over in Ukraine and and Russia. And, you know, now they're talking about Korea having nuclear power and making boasts and threats about what they're going to do. I mean, just the average news broadcast today can be quite stressful. Our children today, and my children are old and grown, have children of their own, and thankfully uh, they're all doing well. But children today have such access to so many things that can be so damaging to them. It's just amazing. I mean, you know, nowadays 10-year-olds have cell phones. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. I think I was like 13 or 14 before I was even allowed to use a phone. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? And, and it was one of those rotaries, you know, that you down. It's a party line, so you had to make sure nobody was on it. That shows how old I am. But 10-year-olds have cell phones, and they have unlimited everything. They get on the Internet, and they can look up almost anything. Uh, they're around people that aren't good. They're, you know, there's our societies turn into a nightmare. I mean, parents just have stress. Workers have stress. Stress is all around us about everything that's going on. Uh, global warming, and they're talking about this and that. Folks... Whenever you feel like you're getting to the place where that stress is really causing a problem, either with your physical or mental health, it's time to do something about it. Don't wait until it gets too far. Don't wait till you have a bleeding ulcer. Don't wait until you have a heart attack. Don't wait until your blood pressure is so sky high that you're on a multitude of medications or you have a stroke. Get some attention. Find out a little bit about yoga or meditation or seek counseling to be able to help you lower your stress level and get out of that depression so that you can live a healthy, normal life. You know, wake-up calls come in a variety of forms, and I've had many, and I've, I've, I think I told you about this on one of my podcasts, but uh, I, I had a problem with staying awake when I was driving. Uh, I fell asleep once in the 17-mile bridge and tunnel system going out to the eastern shore, and I was coming back, rather, from the Eastern Shore after an early meeting, and I had to get up in the middle of the night to get there, and I was tired, and I fell asleep, banged into the wall. Everything was okay. Now, you'd think, hey, there's something wrong with that. I shouldn't be falling asleep at the wheel. No matter how tired I am, I shouldn't be doing that. And then it happened again. I was driving down the road, swerved over from the right-hand lane through the left-hand lane, over through some grass and hit a guardrail. Bam. Messed up the whole side of my car and basically totaled it. That should have been a wake-up call. <laughs> the third time, 
I was driving on 295 in Richmond, Virginia, and I actually fell asleep. And when I shook my head and came to, I was actually getting off an exit. I mean, I wasn't turning. I was just kind of veering off the exit. Thank goodness it wasn't one of those real sharp ones. And I was able to shake myself in time. It was the wrong exit, of course. But uh, it, it, I got up just in time. And finally, I said, this is crazy. There's no reason why I should be doing this. Went to the physician and found out that I had sleep apnea, uh, severe sleep apnea. And uh, because of that, I have to sleep with a CPAP. And now I don't fall asleep anymore. But you see what I'm saying? We don't pay attention to wake-up calls. The first one should have been enough for me to seek some kind of medical attention. The second one could have killed someone. The third one could have killed someone. I, I wouldn't have been able to live with that. It would really be difficult to get through something like that, especially after we've had a wake-up call. You know, the purpose of this podcast and the purpose of uh, my, my little group of organization called FASE, which is Preventive Health and Safety Engagement, the purpose for all this is just simply to create awareness, just a wake-up call for people, just to get for people to get thinking about that. If on this podcast we have maybe a hundred and some people listening to it, if we have that many people listening and only one or two or three of them would say, hey, I know what he's talking about. I really need to get this checked, or I really need to think about that, or I really need to quit this. I need to make a lifestyle change. I may need to make some adjustments so that I can live a better, healthier life. I This is your wake-up call, and that's what I want phase to be, and that's what I want this podcast to be. You know, you yourself can be a wake-up call for other people. You see other people that are maybe prone to a health issue or maybe having some symptoms that they've talked to you about that if you had them it would be a wake-up call help them to get help that that's what humanity's all about people helping people and that's what this podcast is all about and that's what our lives should be focused on making sure we're giving heed to the wake-up calls and then helping others do that i am very very fortunate Number one, to have a tremendous doctor at the VA, uh, Dr. Davies. She's just really wonderful, and she's helped me so much to be able to identify so many things and tell me things I need to watch for and look for and my different medical conditions, and and I really appreciate all she's done. I work with a group of nephrologists. You know, I've been in dialysis now for 31 years. I presently work in Richmond, Virginia with a group of nephrologists called nephrology specialists and uh, there are six physicians two nurse practitioners and, and they are so wonderful they all care so much about the patient's health not just their dialysis treatments not just their kidney issues but they care about them as people and about medical conditions that they may have that could really harm them in the long run even though they're on dialysis I mean, things like heart conditions, things like excess fluid, things like the chemicals in their bodies and their lab values are off. And, and these doctors and nurse practitioners go on all the time. You know what they're doing? They're being a wake-up call for these patients. They're saying, you know, if you neglect this or if you don't do this or you do that, here's what's going to happen. That's their wake-up call. That's the kind of people we should be helping others. Look at your own self. Look at your family and see if there's any wake-up calls need attention. 
and then be that wake-up call for other people. You may just save a life. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Uh, I've been in the medical field now for, hmm, this is my 50th year, and uh, I am very happy when I think back about how many lives I've actually been able to save personally and how many lives I was in on helping to save, uh, and it's really something. And just think, uh, you know, you could feel that way too. You say, I'm not in the medical profession. No, but you could be a wake-up call for someone and help them so that they can be alive, be well, and answer that wake-up call, get that situation taken care of, and continue on. Thank you so much for joining. Now, do your part. Get out there. Find some people that need some help and help them. This is Alan Dockery again with Preventive Health and Safety. We'll see you next week.